It's good to be back among the house of God tonight. Among my brothers and sisters in Christ, we are in a place tonight, we are in a house of refuge. I hope you understand that tonight. This is a house of refuge. Jesus says it's a house of prayer, but in that house of prayer we find refuge. We find peace. We find rest. We find uh, uh, strength in the house of God. This is the hospital in the battlefield. We come here to get uh, the, the medical attention, the spiritual medical attention that we need. And I hope that you come here tonight for that. Not for me, but from the Lord. That when we leave here tonight, we will say that we have done everything in our ability to please God tonight. Not to please one another. You notice I didn't say to please me or to please the church or to please the pastor. But that we have done everything in our ability to please God tonight. We do that, brothers and sisters, we'll find revival. We'll find it. I thank God for the day I've had today. I don't even remember working much at all today. This has been one of those days where God has just guided my heart and my thoughts, and I just hope that he will guide them tonight to bring them all together, because I'll tell you, what is a blessed day, but it's all scattered all throughout the day. It was here, it was there. I, I, my, the owner of the company actually come up to me and he said, he said, don't you have your tablet instead of your phone? Cause I've got an app on my phone, a Bible app. And I kept going back to it instead of the tablet that I use at work to, to notify everybody what's going on at work. And he was just reminding me that I was at work. And, and I told him, I said, this is more important. And he could have right then told me that I'm boss and I'll tell you what's important. But no, he just said, go ahead. I'm blessed by the Lord tonight. I'm blessed. A lot of times during a revival meeting, the, the evangelist goes home and he doesn't get much sleep. He, he starts studying and starts reading and goes into study and starts praying and trying to find where God would have him. But last night, sitting right there as the uh, young children were seeking God, God just placed a message on my heart, a thought, and I haven't been able to get rid of it all day. And I thank Him for that tonight. I thank Him for that tonight. Uh, we even discussed a little bit uh, on the way home about what God had already placed on my heart, and Dad didn't even know it, but we discussed a few things that God has already been dealing with me about. And you know, a lot of times we tell lost souls, don't give up. But yet in our testimonies, what do we say? We got to the point where we gave up. <laughs> Have you thought about that? Uh, we tell them to be diligently seeking God. And, and at times we, 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 we mean good when we say, don't give up. I even told my kids, don't give up until you find Him. But, but then in our testimonies we say, we got to the point we just had to give up. Do you realize what happened when you gave up? There is Jesus. You have extinguished everything in your ability to find God and you have come to the point in realization that you can't do it on your own and you lay self aside and you give up trying to work your way into salvation and guess who's there? There is Jesus. And that's my thought this, this evening. As we sit right there and they were uh, praying last night and I see little Katie just start trembling and, and she start crying again. And I, I thought, I thought, Lord. And he said, I'm here. And I thought, just show them there's Jesus. 
That's what they need to see here tonight. But I'll be honest with you. I'm going to tell you if you're here and lost, do not give up seeking God. Do not stop being diligent in that act of seeking God. But when you get to the point that you realize there's nothing on your own that you can do, give it up and give it to Jesus. And He'll be right there. Ready, willing, and able. He told His disciples one time, He said, he said that it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than a rich man to be saved. So they asked him. They said, well then who can be saved? If it's that hard, who can be saved? Well, he said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Do you understand what he is saying there? You cannot save yourself in any form or fashion. The worldly riches cannot save you. Nothing in this world is able to give you eternal life but God. And when you realize that, there is Jesus. When you come to that realization, and I'll tell you, it's an aha moment when it happens, and it happens so fast at times you don't even realize it happened, but you go back and you start thinking about that night you were saved. I, I'll be honest with you, I couldn't even tell you it was on a Saturday until I started talking with my mom. Now, my mom didn't tell me I was saved on a Saturday, but my mom used to be a lot more than she is now, very diligently taking notes uh, during the, the services and what the preacher was preaching on and who was preaching and what was going on in that time. And when I got saved, I couldn't tell you the day, I couldn't tell you the hour, but what I could tell you is that Don Watts was preaching and what he was preaching on. And you know what my mom did? Because it was almost a year later before I told anybody. You know what she did? She went back in her notes. And you know what she found? She found that revival meeting in the fall during our Thanksgiving revival meeting when Don Watts was helping and this is what he was preaching on. And she told me what, what uh, she had written down there after I'd already explained it to her. Now that's how I know the day I got saved. But I guarantee you, though I might not be able to go back to a certain date on a calendar remember that every single time I can go back to that time and place when I gave up and Jesus took over and there he was and that peace that joy that sister Jess spoke about last night that joy that peace that passes all understanding came in and it just rolled deep in my soul and, and there was no explaining it except that God was in control that was the only thing that could explain it. But it happened when I gave up and there was Jesus. We read in Mark chapter 5 or chapter 4 verse 35 about another time that there was Jesus. Tonight I just want to bring out a few scriptures. Now I'm not going to say I'm not going to be long because I hate saying that because my wife says I lie every time I say that. So I'm not going to say it tonight, but I'm going to ask you to bear with me as we try to get through some of these scriptures because I want us to see there's Jesus. I want God's children to remember there's Jesus. I want lost people to understand when you're at the end of your ropes, there's Jesus. When you're terrified and scared to death, when the pains of hell have got a hold of you, you find that trouble and sorrow. You don't know where else to turn. Turn to Jesus. And he's right there. He's right there. Reading the book of Acts where it says that they might happily seek after him. And that really means that in the hope or expectation that they will find him. Why? Because Jesus is everywhere. 
Tonight I'm going to try not to use words like omnipresent, omniscient. I don't want to get big words. My prayer all day long, all day long, my prayer was just, God, preach me in the simplicity of the plan of salvation. Do you understand the plan of salvation is not rocket science? It is not rocket science. God made it simple enough for this dumb boy right here to be able to understand I couldn't do it on my own and it all had to be of him. It's not rocket science. Because there is Jesus to take care of it all. We read in Mark chapter 4 verse 35 the same day when, when the evening was come, he saith, and didn't let pass over to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there are also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of the wind, and the waves beat into the ships, so that it is now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they wake him, and said to him, Master, carest not that, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and rebuked the wind. And said, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there's a great calm. And when he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it to you I have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and the seas obey. The, these people were, were in this boat and, and the Bible says that it became full. There's water all in it. And you know what happens when water gets into a boat and it continues coming in and it gets full. The boat begins to sink and the winds were not given up. There was being, uh, a beat or not. They were just beating out against that ship constantly. And so the people, what they saved, what they lost, were feared for their life. And here was Jesus sleeping through it all. Have you ever thought about that? In the most troublesome time in your life, in the part where you don't know what to do and you can't understand why, there's Jesus in a peaceful attitude, just resting, waiting for you to come to Him. He was asleep in the hinder part of the ship. They come to Him. Jesus could have done some miraculous miracle and dumped all the water out of the boats and, and pulled them all up out of the water and, flo- and hovered them off to the, to the land, but no. Jesus come to the boat and said, I got this. Peace. Be still. If you're here lost tonight, you're in a storm. Your boat is sinking very quickly. And what you need to do is realize there is Jesus waiting for you to come to Him that He could speak peace, be still. That He could bring uh, that comfort and that peace and that joy that is so unspeakable and it's full of God's glory to your life and to your heart that you would know. How do you know you're saved? We talked about this a little bit the other day. But how do you know you're saved? The Bible tells us specifically how we will know because of that change. But what happens there? The Bible says that His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are His children. In other words, He tells us we're saved. When's that happen? When you realize there is Jesus. At that very moment, 
When you realize that there is nothing else you can do and you give up and give it to him because he's the only one. Remember, with man is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. When this happens, when you have that moment in your mind and in your heart, when you realize there is Jesus, you find him. You find him. I think it was brought up in the book of Jeremiah the last night to where uh, he says, if we seek him with all our heart, in the very next verse, the very few, first few words says, he will be found of us. Why? Why is that? When we seek him with all our heart, what is happening there? We are giving him everything that we have. We're seeking him with all our heart. That means we're seeking him with our entire being. Not just the same pump of blood. But it means that inward man, that soul that God breathed into Adam there and he gave him the breath of life and he became a living soul. That soul, that inward man that dwells inside of you right now, that one that, that feels that pain, that feels that godly sorrow, that one that feels that trouble, that one that feels that struggle, and that one that needs Jesus, that is the one that he speaks to. If you're looking for the outward change, you're in the wrong denomination. Because we don't believe in an outward change. We believe in a change from the inside out. It is a heartfelt, no soul salvation of the inward man and not the outward man. Though the outward man perish, what's renewed? The inward man is renewed day by day. Why? Because there is Jesus. That's the only reason why. There is Jesus. Tonight, I want you to understand the situation here. I can't look into anyone's heart here, but I do know from experience when I was lost and separated from God, I found something that night besides Jesus. I found despair. I found desperation. I found fear. I found trouble. I found a knowledge that I didn't like. A knowledge of knowing, knowing that I could do nothing to remove this. Have you found that tonight? David said in the 18th Psalm, he said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and he heard my cry. What did he do? He realized there's Jesus. In his distress, in his despair, in his trouble, in his sorrow, he realized there is Jesus. You see, today, understand this. I don't know what's going on in your heart right now. And you might be ignoring me. And good luck on that with my loud mouth. But it might, might be going in one ear and right out the other. I hope the Spirit takes it from one ear into the other and right straight down into the heart. But I want you to understand you can ignore me. You can fidget in your seat. You can do whatever you want to try to block me out tonight. But there is Jesus. You can't ignore Him. When Jesus comes knocking... It's not me. It's not my loud mouth. You can't go in the other room. You can't go outside and run from him for he is everywhere and he knows where you're at right now what's going on through your mind whether you want to seek him whether you don't want to seek him whether you're rejecting him or you're not. He knows. Why? Because he's the king of kings and lord of lords. He's the great I am. He is the almighty the one that's seated upon the throne right now making intercession on our behalf for this service right here and you cannot run from him. Everywhere you go, guess what? There is Jesus. And you need him tonight. 
You don't need to run from him. You need to run to him. Oh, you need to run to Him as fast as you can. You need to run with Him with everything that you have. You need to run so hard when you get there, you're out of breath. But you just need to get there. You need to get there. No matter what's going on, you need to get to Jesus. And it's not really that hard. Why? Because there is Jesus. Tonight, I hope you understand that He's not that far away. He's right here. Waiting for you. The Bible says he's compelling, wanting you to come to him that you might be saved. Have you found him? He was on the water. I'm not talking about in the water. I'm talking about in the boat. He was walking on the water. To the disciples, it, it shocked them so much it scared them. And Peter said, Master, if that be thou, bid me come to thee. God, God answers when we ask, right? He said, come. Come on out here, Peter. Brave enough, let's get out here. Come on. He got out there. Peter stepped on top of the water. He was on the water, on top of the water. But then something happened. Something happened. He forgot there is Jesus. The waves got boisterous and everything around him started getting rough. The water started getting rough and he forgot there is Jesus. He took his eyes off him and what he did began to sink. But the next thing he does is very important. Very important. Because if you're here lost tonight and you're sinking in sin, there's something you must do. It's exactly what Peter did here. He cried out, Lord, save me. He remembered, there is Jesus. The same one that bid him come was still right in front of him. No matter what the distraction was. You know, you can distract yourself all you want tonight. God's children, you can be a distraction. We can be a distraction to ourselves. We can be a distraction thinking about later on. We can be a distraction when we get hungry, our belly starts grumbling, we want to eat. There's distractions everywhere, but that's a distraction. There are no excuses. That's the truth. That's the truth. God is not mocked. Be not deceived. There are no excuses in the sight of God. He knows your attention of your heart right this very moment. Even when you don't, He does. Tonight, there's Jesus. Think about that here tonight. As we read about the churches there in Revelation, I think it was Laodicea, where it says that he stands at the door knocking. He who lets him in. Are you willing, church, to let him in tonight? He wasn't talking to those who were lost. He was talking to the church. He's standing back there at the door by Brother Chris right now, knocking. We let him in. Church, we're going to be distracted because there's Jesus. There's Jesus wanting to be in service with us tonight. Wanting to be part of this tonight. Wanting to be the main attraction. And he should be. He should be the main attraction. He said, if I be lifted up, not the church, not the people, not the preacher, but if Jesus be lifted up, he said, I'll draw all men to me. <laughs> he should be the main attraction. He's standing at the door knocking. 
He said, he who let me in, I will come in and we'll sup. Don't you want to sit at the master's table tonight and eat? Be filled as David said, my cup runneth over. Don't you want to sit there with him tonight? There he is. What are you going to do with it? Hmm? What are we going to do with it tonight, church? Jesus said, I'm knocking. Will you let me in? Oh, yes, there is Jesus. There is Jesus. And we're responsible for how we handle Jesus. We as God's children can reject Jesus. You know that tonight? It's hard to swallow, isn't it? But it's true. We as God's children can be distracted with everything else. In that distraction, we reject Jesus. Because he has promised, and I'm not going to count how many are here, but there's more than what he has promised and needed to be there. Because he said we're two or three. There's a lot more than that here tonight. We're gathered together in my name. There I am in the mess. Guess what? There's Jesus. What are we going to do with him tonight? As your pastor said tonight, are we going to worship him? That doesn't always mean shouting, singing. But are you going to honor him with your life tonight? How are you going to do that, church? We uh, want lost souls to handle it correctly. Well, how are we going to handle it tonight? Because there's Jesus. Even for a thief, there's Jesus. We read about his crucifixion, about the thieves that were uh, hanged on one side of him and on the other. The one, one cried out, mocking him, making fun of him. And the other one said, we deserve what we got. He looked at Jesus. He remember me when you enter into paradise. What did he realize? He realized at that moment in his life was his opportunity to see that there is Jesus. Jesus told him, he said, today thou shalt be in paradise. Even on the cross, there is Jesus. And I'm not just talking about a man dying there on the cross. There is the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one that has all power and all authority and salvation belongs to him for he is the author of eternal life hanging there on the cross and the thief realized that there is Jesus. He called out to him. I don't know about you, but I believe that thief got saved there on the cross. Without water baptism, without accepting Jesus Christ, he just realized Jesus was right there. And he reached out to him. What was the old, I think it was an ATT commercial. I'm going to show my age really now. You say reach out and touch someone. That's exactly what that thief did. He realized Jesus was right there and he reached out. Maybe not physically with his hands, they were nailed to the cross. But with his soul, he reached out and there was Jesus. Tonight you need touched by the Savior. Savior is one that saves. No one in this church has that title. Only the head of the church has that title. And the head of the church is Jesus Christ. And there is only hope found in Jesus Christ. An expectation. Are you expecting Him to save you tonight? Well, if you're not, you're in dire straits. Because it takes that determination to not give up until you get to Him and then see Him. And then give it all to Him. 
You see, there is some giving up in salvation. You give up and you let Him take over. Because you can't do it on your own. That's why the Bible strictly tells us that godly sorrow worketh repentance because we can't bring repentance in our own. We can't do it. We might have a little bit of I'm sorry here and there, but true repentance comes from a broken heart and a contrite spirit, and you can't just manufacture that. That comes through a knowledge that only God can give you. That knowledge of the truth is more than just a saving grace. That knowledge of the truth is realizing who you are and who He is and what you have done and what you need to do. That knowledge only comes from the throne. And it comes when you realize there is Jesus. There is Jesus. God's people, even if we are being put to death, there is Jesus. I don't know what we're going to face here in the near future. I don't. The way the world's going, I don't know if we're going to face persecution or if we are not. If we're going to be strong enough to stand up to face the persecution or not. But I do know the Bible teaches me even in persecution, if I'm dying, there's Jesus. Stephen preached his heart out. Oh, they got mad at him because he told them the truth. The Bible says they were going to stone him. Let's just read. Acts chapter 7 verse here. He says, Then came him in the land of the Chaldees. No, I'm sorry. Yes. Chaldeans and dwelt in a chariot. And from thence, uh, when his father was dead, he removed him from his land wherein now he dwelt. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and gnashed on him with their teeth. But he being full of the Holy Ghost. Don't ever forget that, God's people. Do you know what the Bible tells us when we're saved? Something special really happens. More than the peace comes in, more than the joy comes in, the Holy Spirit of God takes up a boat in our heart. He lives in us. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. But he said, Be it but he be full of the Holy Ghost. Look steadfastly up into heaven. And what did Stephen see? He said, and I saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Even at death, guess what? There's Jesus. We will not go alone. I might be the only one in the room when I give up the ghost, but I will not be alone because there's Jesus. <laughs> Do you realize today how they just open your eyes for just a moment? Because guess what? There's Jesus. There He is. Don't miss Him tonight. There He is. There He is. He's not trying to play hide and go seek. But what He's saying about that? He said, if our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to those that are lost. He's saying, unhide it. Let them know about it. Show them that there is Jesus. What happened there after Jesus resurrected? The little church met together. There's one among them that doubted it. Church, think about it here tonight. There might be one here tonight that doubts that Jesus is real. There might be one here tonight that doubts that he's alive. But what happened there in that little building? 
wherever they were. It might not have been like this. But in the same they're in, the Bible says that he came through the door. Came through the door. Who? Jesus came through the door. He said, Thomas. Can you imagine Thomas's eyes? The one that was doubting. When here came Jesus walking through the door, the risen Savior. He said, Thomas, come here. Put your fingers in the nail prints in my hands. Thrust your fist in my side where they pierced my side. You know, the Bible never says Thomas done any of that. But you know what Thomas did? He said, my Lord, my God. He seen Jesus. There was Jesus. And Jesus told him, he said, Thomas, you have believed because you have seen. But blessed are those who believe and have not seen. Oh, you don't have to see Jesus to know that Jesus is real. You don't have to see him with these physical eyes to see there's Jesus. No. He can speak to you in a way that only he can. He can open your eyes the only way that you that he can. We read about Bartimaeus. I love blind Bartimaeus. I do. When I get to heaven, I don't. I probably won't even know who he is. When I get to, I'll probably be worried about uh, worshiping the Lamb of God Himself. But in my in my mind, I often think when I get to, I just want to find Bartimaeus and just hug his neck. Oh, I love the story of blind Bartimaeus. Here he was. He couldn't see. Just as you might not be able to see Jesus here tonight. His eyes were blinded. But he had heard about this man named Jesus. And I'm sure, I don't think there's anybody here tonight that hadn't been uh, in a church setting at one point in time. You've heard about Jesus. You've heard about him. And that's all Bartimaeus did. He just heard about this man named Jesus and the miracles that he did. And the things that he was capable of doing. And he heard a, a, a sound coming. A sound like a crowd was coming his way. So he asked, who is this? He said, this man Jesus is coming. Oh, Bartimaeus got excited. He said, oh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd around him said, shh. You're embarrassing us. Quiet down. Bartimaeus, he doesn't have time for you. Bartimaeus was determined. He was determined. The Bible says he cried again, Oh, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He got louder than Jesus would hear him. Jesus said, bid him come. <laughs> Get the attention of the Savior tonight. Don't be embarrassed to cry out to him. Get his attention. Uh, if you can't see him, holler out to him. He's right there. There is Jesus. I believe with all my heart I will see Bartimaeus when I get there. I might not walk the streets of gold with him because I don't, I don't know if I'll ever get away from a Savior when I get there. But I feel from what I read in the Scriptures, he's there. He cried out until Jesus heard him. And then he got to Jesus. Are you willing to do that tonight? Are you willing to go to distance? Because guess what? There is Jesus. He's there. He's ready, willing, and able to save. When it's impossible for everybody else. When no one else can, there's Jesus. I'm going to try to close. 
Let's turn over to Revelation chapter 5. I'm not going to go into it deep, but I want to read some of these scriptures. I'm telling you what, this, this, this chapter 5 is just rich to me. But listen, he said, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat upon the throne a book written within, and the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy? Listen, no one, he said, was worthy. He said, Who is worthy to open the book and loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. No one was found in heaven, in earth, under the earth. Who is worthy to open the book? They searched heaven. They searched earth. They even got desperate and searched under the earth. And no one was to be found. <laughs> Not even anyone worthy to look on the book. He says, and I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. <laughs> Something's getting ready to happen. <laughs> he said, Weep not. <laughs> Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed. <laughs> <laughs> to open the book and loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain. And the seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps of golden veils full of the odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, <laughs> saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people. And nation, when no one else can, there's Jesus. They searched everywhere. There was no one worthy. And I don't want to go into detail on all this was going on here, but I just want you to understand there was no one worthy, no one ever to be found until one stepped up. That was Jesus. They looked everywhere except the right place. Once he stood up, there was no doubt who he was. This elder said, Weep not the lion of the tribe of Judah. Oh, powerful individual. The lion of the tribe of Judah. And then he's referred to as a lamb that was slain for you and I. 
the Redeemer of the world. There's Jesus before the foundation of the world stood as that lamb sacrificed for you and I. There's Jesus in your most desperate hour of need, in your most desperate time. There's Jesus. He's there wanting to save you tonight. He's there wanting to help you out of that trouble, God. Whatever it is, there's Jesus. <laughs> there he is. The lion, the tribe of Judah. He's there. Not to attack, but to embrace. <laughs> oh, that attacking lion that's roaring around, seeking whom he may devour. Satan, do you understand tonight? And it's hard for me. I don't want to tell you that, that Satan is powerless. But the only power Satan has over you is the power you give him. Never, ever let me hear you say the devil made me do it because I'll call you a flat liar. The Bible tells me that when our lust is conceived, then we go. When we do it. Why? Because we have one more powerful. There is Jesus. When that lion is roaring around seeking you and, and trying to devour you and temptation comes your way, don't say, well, I'm weak today. Turn to Jesus because he's right there. Do you understand when temptation comes your way to fall in that snare devil, you know who's right there with you? Waiting. He's not going to force you. Just as uh, there in the ship, they didn't, he wasn't, they wasn't forced to go get Jesus, but there he was waiting to take care of the situation. One thing that he asked him, he says, where's your faith? Where's your belief? Tonight, church, God's children, members of faith or not, can you see him? The lion, the tribe of Judah, the lamb that was sacrificed because of you and because of me, willingly laid down his life that we might have hope of tomorrow had his back scourged and ripped completely open that we might have hope and everlasting life. Laid his arms and his hands down freely and allowed them to nail nails. And I'm not talking about just a little 16 penny nail. I'm talking about a spike through his hands. And then crossed his feet. And then get hit again with another spike. At any moment he could have called down legions of angels to stop it all. You know what? He had enough power. He didn't even need the angels. He could have just stopped it all. But no. He didn't. Because he knew there's going to come a point in time in every one of our lives to where we're going to have to realize there's Jesus. There's Jesus. As he raked that open back up and down that old wooden cross trying to get a breath the pain and agony. he done it knowing that one day you would know there's Jesus. As he looked over the crowd, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He knew in the year 2021 you would need to see there is Jesus. As he cried out, I believe in much agony and much pain. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? And the wrath of God was poured out on him. 
He could have stopped it all. But he knew you were going to have to find out that there is Jesus. When he said it is finished, he was telling you, here is Jesus. We read where even the centurion that was next to him said, there's no doubt. This must be the Son of God. Tonight, we need to see there's Jesus. No other name given under heaven whereby men might be saved except the name of Jesus. And tonight, He's here. He's here. You might think, maybe I don't know if He's here. Do I take His word for it? No, don't take my word for it. Search for him. Seek him. Find him for yourself. For he is here. If you can't feel him here tonight and you're saved by God's grace, let me give you a little reassurance. He's here tonight. Let me I'll let you know tonight he's wanting you to be close with him tonight. He says, draw nigh to me and I'll draw, not draw nigh to you. He wants to be near us tonight. Why don't we give him what he wants? Let's be with him tonight. If you can't feel him tonight and you don't know he's here tonight, I want to ask you to pray. I want to ask you to pray because you know what? You can't pray for these that are lost until we get in our, our hearts in shape and we realize there's Jesus. What did David say when he was repenting there in the 51st Psalm? He said, Lord, restore the joy of thy salvation to me. Then I'll be able to teach transgressors thy ways. So tonight, God's children, let's search and find Him if you haven't already. If you can't feel His presence here tonight, I'm telling you, He's here. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Brother Darius' word for it. But find Him yourself. You know, there's nothing wrong for God's children seeking Him. He tells us the first thing we ought to do is seek the kingdom of heaven. Every day of our life. If we can't find Him, Listen to me. He's right here. Look next to you. You might not see your spouse this time. Look next to you. Because he's right there. There's Jesus. There's Jesus. He's around us. He's with us. And I believe he's wanting to bless us tonight. Lost friend, I'm telling you right now, he's wanting to save your soul. He wants to save your soul so bad that He died for you. You ever wanted something so bad that you would die for it? Oh, I said I would. But when it come down to it, I didn't want that that bad anyways. When it come down to it, that truck wasn't that, that pretty. But when Jesus looked upon these sinners, these ungodly people, He said, I want them so bad. I will die for them. And he laid his life down willingly, freely, that you would have a chance tonight in the year 2021 to find him. And you don't have to search very far because there is Jesus. Brother Derek, I'm going to turn it back over to you.